Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy Four Deep. Ugh, I already fucking butchered it. <laughs> By myself, and I fucked it up. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And, of course, as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days of free advanced stats. I lied. Walk is not here. I am going solo. Mr. Walker has some things to take care of in the in the real world. So I'm going to wing it all on my own here. Hopefully I will keep this as short as possible because nobody wants to sit and listen to me talk for 60 minutes straight by myself. So I'm just going to jump right into it. And I'm going to start with injuries here. Uh, week 13 in the books, we saw quite a few significant injuries. So some players that have been carrying you this season, um, getting you into the playoffs are now abandoning you when you need them the most. So we'll start with the big one, Lamar Jackson, even though he hasn't hit an amazing year thus far. Uh, looks like a PCL strain, sprain, however you want to word it. Typically, you miss one to three weeks. In his absence, Tyler Huntley will be in there. Um, Huntley, 23, 27 of 32, 84% completion percentage. Pretty good, 187 yards. No touchdowns, one interception. Not that good. But a lot of Huntley's value is going to come from his legs. He got 10 points on the ground alone, 41 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be a... Uh, very high addition, I think, in a lot of leagues. He's got a super low floor, but high ceiling. I think last year when Jackson missed a game, he had a 44-point performance in the fantasy playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So he does have that rushing upside, but very little uh, in the air, and that offense has not been great with Lamar. So temper your expectations, but you could do worse because if he does pop and run quite a bit, you'll be looking good. Stafford officially done for the year, if I'm not mistaken, with a spinal contusion. Uh, interestingly enough, John Walford in there, he uh, did not practice on Monday. He's got some sort of neck injury, so you might be looking at Bryce Perkins uh, at least for one week. Doesn't do anything. That team stunk with Stafford. They're going to be even worse with the two of them. Tua, uh, ankle sprain, looks like he is officially going to be playing this week. We lost Jimmy Garoppolo to a broken foot. Brock Purdy stepped in, looked okay, one game in relief. We'll see what happens when defensive coordinators have a week of uh, game planning, looking at the footage from this game, but Purdy is the guy to own there. And not a big, important injury, but something of note. Baker Mayfield released by the Carolina Panthers. So it's all Sam Darnold this the remainder of the season with some PJ Walker uh, sighting possibly from towards the end there if, if Darnold falls flat. But Baker floating around out there. I don't think any of the teams that lost the quarterback have any interest in bringing him in at this point. Moving on to other positions. That's a lot of quarterback uh, dings for one week, especially this time in the year. But Horton Sutton uh, injured his hammy. He is day-to-day. Quez Watkins hurt his shoulder. Looks like he might miss a little time. Kenneth Walker rolled his ankle. Nothing official yet. And Traylon Burks with a concussion. That's uh, another another list of pretty significant guys. Jalen Waddle, something was wrong with his leg. I couldn't find too much online about what it is exactly, but it was bothering me in the game. Aaron Jones, also in-game, injured his shin. He missed some time, so... Some pretty significant guys out there that probably are, are important. Plus, this is by McGinnon week. Six teams on the bye coming up. So waivers are probably going to be more important 
this week than in most weeks past. Before I get into the snap shares and breakdowns of the teams, quick little rant just on team player usage from week to week because we've been looking at these snap shares and seeing how things have been going. But like the the Rams, for example, before these games started, I texted Walk and I was like, hey, I think we're going to see a Kyron Williams breakout game. So I'm basing that off a week ago, getting 70% snap share, looking decent with the job and on a team where they have disliked most of their running backs this year. I mean, Cam Akers was a, a healthy scratch, was told not even to come to the facility. They they cut uh, Daryl Henderson, who was with Jacksonville now. There was no reason why Williams wouldn't. See, 70% of snaps a week ago looks okay. This week, out of nowhere, Cam Akers gets 72% snap share, as highest of the year. Kyron Williams only on the field for 18 snaps. So, you know, you, you make these moves based on what you see from the teams and what you kind of know to be true. So to to see that come out of nowhere, and I don't think it's a means Cam Akers is the guy going forward. It just looks like you can't trust anyone in this Rams backfield. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Kyron Williams have a big game coming up. I wouldn't be shocked to see Akers carry it the rest of the way. It's just hard to know. And with rotating door now, a quarterback there could be Bryce Perkins this week if Walford can't go. Good luck trusting anyone tied to that offense. And then additionally, somebody else who we, we talked about a little bit more last week was Jelani Woods with the Colts, who kind of comes out of nowhere. We, we've seen Matt Ryan have success with, with targeting tight ends. Had nine targets a week ago, eight catches. Woods looked to be the guy emerging there. And then this week, it turns out it's it's not him. 21% snap share, the, the fewest among the indie tight ends with uh, Kylan Granson and Mo Alley-Cox both getting more snaps than him. Even though Woods did have uh, the most yardage, he did not have the most targets, did not have the most receptions. But just you, you see these glimpses of guys that could break out, and then the team doesn't go back to him. And it's just very frustrating as a fantasy owner. I probably had my worst week I can remember in regular season in a long time because I did pick up and play guys like Woods and Williams, and I had them plugged in, and it wasn't solely based on them. I mean, a lot of the injuries that we discussed, like Traylon Burks or or um, Jalen Waddle, Aaron Jones, these are guys that have a lot of exposure to. So with them underperforming due to injuries this week, it was just a – giant pile of shit for me. So I had a bad week. Um, we'll talk about those injuries a little later when I look at waivers, but kind of going quick here, hopefully through these division with the snaps, I'm just going to go North AFC, NFC, South AFC, NFC, East, West, you get it. So without walk here to assist me, I'm going to jump right into the AFC North. So uh, Huntley was in there again. It's hard to know what these snapshots really mean with a different quarterback under there, but Kenyon Drake saw 47% of snaps where uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards both saw 24%. I, if Dobbins is healthy, whenever he comes back from injury reserve, you got to think this is all Dobbins the rest of the way. Kind of an interesting one here, and I, I don't know when the snaps came, but Deshaun Jackson saw 35% of snaps, which was his highest of the year since he was acquired by Baltimore. Not that I think that means anything really, especially with Huntley in there, but kind of worth noticing. I, you know, if, if Baltimore gets into the playoffs, there, there's a world where Jackson's kind of a decent flyer if you're in any of these fantasy playoff leagues. Um, we'll see how that goes moving forward. Cincinnati with Jamar Chase coming back. Chase saw 82% of snaps. My, my guy, Trenton Irwin, down to uh, 13%, only saw nine snaps, which we knew would happen. So 
Chase saw a full, full complement of snaps out there. Looks like he's healthy and back for the rest of the way. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a hip labrum injury as far as I understand, and that can bug him again. So you definitely have someone on your bench you could plug in going down the stretch here in case he does miss more time. Uh, Hayden Hurst did get hurt. Mitchell Wilcox stepped in 72% of snaps here. I don't think you're in any rush to go out and pick that guy up. Cleveland Browns, in case you missed it, Deshaun Watson return game. Uh, very few offensive touchdowns in a game with a bunch of scoring because Houston and Cleveland both suck. But Watson ended up with uh, 12 completions, 22 attempts, 131 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Doesn't move the needle, needle much, but seven carries for 21 yards. So pretty shitty performance kind of what i had anticipated that guy hasn't played in what a year and a half and has all the off-field stuff going on so that's i expect him to come and be rusty kind of an interesting one here though david bell got hurt in the game and the recipient of those targets were running back Demetric felton 60 percent of snaps played a lot out of the slot and kind of uh david bell's role didn't go to another wide receiver but uh with those 60 percent snaps one target, so did nothing with them. And Joku missed this game again. Farrell Brown, 63% to Harrison Bryant's 57%, so pretty close. But again, no offensive production in this game. Hard to trust anybody, especially with Watson not working with any of these guys most of the year. He probably doesn't have a preference between Brown or Bryant. And last and certainly least, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The thing of note here, Pickens, 68% snap share again, still not getting in that upper tier we like to see compared to Deontay Johnson, who saw 82%. With that 82%, Johnson, 11 targets. Pickens, only two targets. So Walk had sent me a little Twitter <laughs> DM of a link of Pickens coming off the field, looking at the coaches, screaming, give me the fucking ball, which I agree with. I mean, there's there's no reason he's getting two targets. I mean, even Pat Fryermuth had a decent game, three catches for 76. He only saw five targets. So hyper-targeting Johnson, which is good if you're a Johnson owner, but he's still not doing much with it. This offense just stinks, and you have to get the ball to your playmakers. And Pickens has proven, in, in not even a full season in the NFL, that he's the guy there. So moving on to the NFC North, Minnesota is one of the easiest teams to do week in and week out. Only one quarterback, uh, no, no drama there, nothing to look at. Dalvin Cook is the running back there. Wide receiver, it's all going to Jefferson and Thielen. Osborne is a clear number three, but he doesn't have a role as long as the other two guys are there, uh, at least a viable fantasy role. And since they've acquired Hawkinson, it's been, been all him. Nothing interesting as far as targets or snaps. Very clean, straightforward, makes this a lot easier. Detroit, DeAndre Swift, 51% snap share, his most since week eight. And then if you take the whole season, it's only his third highest since week two. So, Maybe he's finally healthy. They're getting him out there. Jamal Williams, 30% snapshot, his lowest of the year. And Justin Jackson even snuck out there for 21%. So could see a changing of the tide here in Detroit as far as who's getting out there. It would be interesting to see what happens uh, the next few weeks if, if Swift is actually healthy. Jameson Williams finally got on the field. Eight snaps, only 11% snapshot. Probably kind of what people had in mind. I mean, he hasn't played in quite a long time either, coming off that knee injury. Uh, St. Brown monster game, 87% snaps here. DJ Chark right behind him at 84%. So if Williams does start emerging, odds are it's going to start coming at DJ Chark's expense, but I, I, I don't see Williams 
being a thing this year. He's going to pop at some point for a big play, and everyone's going to run to the waiver wire. But obviously, we, we talk waivers in season. This is redraft only. These guys are all snatched up in dynasty leagues, but well, it could be worth stashing. We'll see. I mean, you could do a lot worse, especially this week with all the buys. Green Bay Packers moving down. Aaron Jones mentioned the shin injury, 38% snap share. Uh, led to A.J. Dillon, 68%, his uh, high of the year. And I have been plugging him in in leagues all season long this week. Firmly on my bench for his clearly best game of the year. Did nothing with it. At wide receiver, it's all Lazard and Watson. Now they've kind of cemented themselves as the 1-2 with a 94 and 92% snap share, respectively. And last, and certainly least, the awful Chicago Bears. Darrington Evans, 25% snap share. Ebner, one single snap in the game. Earlier in the year when they had some uh, running back holes to fill, Ebner kind of emerged as the guy there, but he has been clearly replaced by Darrington Evans. Uh, Without Mooney, curious to see how their wide receiver room would shake out right now. Dante Pettis, 65% of snaps. Claypool, 63. Uh, Equinamius St. Brown, 58. Byron Pringle, 38. And Valus Jones out there for 23%. It's a a shit offense um, as it's currently designed. Hard to trust anyone here you're not happily plugging in Pettis or Claypool at this point at all. I mean, David Montgomery's the only guy you can trust. And tight end's been a bit crazy this year, but Cole Komet seems to be the guy as long as Fields is in there who you, you can play. But none of these wide receivers are locked in starters even during the, the Bimageddon week coming up. So moving from the north to the south, Hunter Henry, or Hunter Henry, geez, Derek Henry, starting with Tennessee. Only 55% snaps here. His lowest of the season since week two. Turned those snaps into 11 carries for 30 yards, so not even a decent game out there. Uh, Traylon Burks, I'd mentioned he did get in the end zone, so his one catch was for 25 yards, I believe, and a touchdown. So even though he got hurt, he didn't give you a goose egg, which was nice. In his absence, kind of a a weird name used to be with the Giants. C.J. Board, 29% snap share with Burks out. If he kind of comes in and takes the – Burke's role. I mean, because we haven't seen Robert Woods do anything. Uh, Nick Westbrook has been a bit, you know, boomer bust. If CJ Board gets Traylon Burke's vacated targets while he's out, I, I would be. There's a lot worse options than plugging in CJ Board and crossing your fingers, especially because we don't like everything about else about this Tennessee offense. And then another interesting one, Chigo Conquo, our guy, 58% snap share. It's the first time all season he has been the snap leader at tight end so whether it was game plan or he's kind of just you know it's clicking for him now late in the season as a rookie that's interesting to watch somebody we both liked um through the offseason process so it's interesting if he starts trending up uh could be the start of good things for him uh moving to the indianapolis colts kind of solidifying here especially we'd mentioned this before when jeff saturday took over as coach it's all jonathan taylor out of the backfield which is good um and I mentioned at the top that Jelani Woods nightmare scenario comes off that big game, does nothing. Uh, Kylan Granson, 57% snap share. Mo Alley Cox, 43%. Jelani Woods, thanks for your big performance last week, rewarded with a 29%, 21%, sorry, snap share. Only four targets, caught two of them for 28. And like I said, he led the way. Uh, Granson had six targets, only caught four for 19. Mo Alley Cox, one target for one, uh, one, one target, one catch, six yards. So Alec Pierce was the big winner in this game. Four four receptions for 86 and a touchdown. Indy stinks. We know this. Uh, hard to trust any of these guys week in and week out. But 
looks like Pierce was the winner this week. Keep an eye on the tight ends and see how that goes the rest of the way. We thought, thought we were having somebody emerge, but it does not look like it. Jacksonville, Travis Atien, totally his backfield. He played 49 snaps in the game, not percentage. I think it was 98% of them, not mistaken. Jermichael Hasty three snaps, Snoop Connor four. So Atien is out there every single play. Great if you've got him. Keep plugging them in there for the remainder of the season. But other than that, nothing of, of note here for Jacksonville. Very straightforward. But, yeah, ATN has taken over that backfield. And the last, and by a wide margin least in the entire NFL, Houston Texans. Rex Burkhead was out. Dario Ugunbowale, 22% snap share, his high of the year. But this is all Damian Pierce's backfield. Um, we did have Brandon Cooks out, which led to bump and work for Philip Dorsett. But Kyle Allen at quarterback. It doesn't matter. They all stink. Tight end is a disaster here. Just one week, it's Aikens. One week, it's Brevin Jordan. Another week, it's that Quintarino guy whose name isn't even worth noting. Uh, just dumpster fire across the board. Moving to the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, people were very high on Rashad White, even in this game, knowing Fournette was going to be back. I was not among that group, I mean, they like Fournette. More importantly, Brady likes Fournette. And White did a great job a week ago filling in with Fournette not in there. But back to a 60-40 uh, snap share split, Fournette leading the way. White did get in the end zone and the game-winning touchdown, but Fournette is still going to be the guy. I, I think they're both fantasy viable, though. They're both going to get enough work. You could plug them in, which is good. I mean, let let him emerge as, as kind of the more pass-catchy guy or however they want to use it doesn't matter. RBs are hard to come by in, in fantasy, so if you have a team where you can plug both of them in, I have a couple of teams where I've handcuffed Fournette with White. Depending on what else I have to go with, I, I don't have a problem playing them both. Um, K. Dotton, 83% snap share. It's all him at the tight end position. Uh there have been some injuries there, but Otten has emerged. And we've seen Brady focus on these guys um, in the passing game. The the interesting one here, Mike Evans, last four games, 16 catches, 184 yards. Average that out. He's averaging four for 46 over his last four and hasn't had a touchdown since week four. So Evans has really kind of fallen off here. That just knowing how uh, the fantasy gods work and how things work out against everybody, there is a strong chance that Mike Evans ends up exploding in the fantasy playoffs when no one is comfortable playing him. So, uh, you know, you've been starting him, especially this week with the, the buys. You're going to keep starting. You're going to have a hard time not plugging him in, you know, going forward. So just be prepared for some stinkers because that's what he's been doing. Uh, moving to the Atlanta Falcons, Tyler Algier, kind of the, the backfield has been interesting. Algier, 52% of snaps, Cordero Patterson, 46%. I don't know if Patterson's injury is still bothering him now that he's back. Algier had 10 carries, Patterson had 11. Neither one of them had a target, so they're not throwing it to anybody out of this backfield. I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, the Another team that should be competing for the first overall draft pick. Instead, they're still hanging around in this uh, playoff picture, which is just detrimental to everyone involved Carolina Panthers they were on the bye nothing to report like I said Baker's out out for the year so see where he lands if he lands anywhere he's probably not going to go anywhere this year he's probably just gonna have to work on things to close out the season and the offseason and hopefully find himself a new home as a backup 
for the start of next year. We'll see how that shakes out. And the New Orleans Saints, who played Tampa on uh, Monday night there. Alvin Kamara, lowest percentage of snaps in a game he played. There were a couple games where he got hurt or didn't play at all, but only 59%. The flip side of that, Mark Ingram, 42%, his most since week number four. Ingram had seven carries for 27 yards. Kamara, 12 carries for 26 yards. So did nothing with it. Jawan Johnson was hurt. Troutman seemed to be the guy, but it didn't matter. They did not have a lot of fantasy production here. I didn't see anything about Kamara being injured. Could just be strange usage or the team just stinks. Either way, it's not good for Kamara owners. He has had a pretty down season thus far. So as I've been rambling by myself, that is the halfway point. Time to move on to the AFC North. This Buffalo-New England game was this week, and that seems like years ago. That was the Thursday night game. It seems like it was weeks and weeks ago. It doesn't even seem like it was this same week. But Buffalo had a lot of interesting stuff here. So James Cook, 43% snap share. Devin Singletary, 42%. The previous high for Cook was only 26%. So he's kind of almost nearly doubled his previous high. And Singletary's low was 72 so he went to 44 he was almost cut in half whether it's a changing of the guard maybe it was game plan dependent i don't know but cook is definitely worth watching the rest of the way singletary has been viable as their starting running back cook could be too but uh cook out carried singletary 14 to 13 uh routes run cook ran 16 to singletary's 11 and targets cook was targeted six times singletary only two very interesting so with that with that workload uh, Cook, 64 yards, uh, six receptions for another 41, where A.S. Singletary had 51 yards rushing, didn't catch either of his targets, but Singletary was saved because he did get in the end zone. Naheem Hines still lingering there, 31%, but he's not even a factor here. And Dawson Knox, big goose egg on this game, no reception, so thanks for nothing. Miami Dolphins. Another, another weird flip we saw. Raheem Mostert, was, uh, they had the bye, then he was hurt, and he comes back this week. 61% snap share to Jeff Wilson's 37%. It had looked like Wilson had taken over this backfield. He was the lead back, but now who knows? Um, 49% was his previous low, which was his first game with the team in Week 9. So he, you would think that would be the game where he was getting adjusted, would be the lowest, but not even close. Blew that out of the water this week. Keep an eye on that situation going forward. Jalen Waddle, 52% of snaps. Uh, Trent Sherfield, 65%. As I mentioned, Waddle's dealing with some kind of leg injury. Not sure how significant it is. Uh, River Carcraft uh, got a bump up to 43%. The other guy I wanted to talk about just for stinking, because we do like negativity here, but Mike Jacecki, last two weeks, two targets and no receptions. I, I've seen a couple things online I was reading before I started this, and they're like, pick up Mike Jacecki and get him in your lineups. And it's like, this guy is, even with Waddle not being out there, was a complete non-factor. Only a 20% snap share this week. Durham Smythe, 59%. So I don't know what people are looking at. I mean, Jacecki is a dump him, trade now guy. If you can get anything for him, I don't want any part of this. I, I, I think he's on, if he was tagged, I don't remember what his contract deal was, but I don't think he's under contract with them for next season. So, if you can get out from under him now, I don't see anything getting better for him in Miami. Even going to another team, I don't. 
you know, super athletic, not a not a game changer, has his splash weeks. If you have him in best ball, that's probably the best way to own him because I don't want any picking him every week and happily plugging him in my lineup. No, thank you. Moving on to the New York Jets. Zonovan Knight, 55%. Ty Johnson, Walks guy, 33%. James Robinson, 11%. I just don't understand why they would trade for James Robinson if they're not going to. I mean, this is the situation, right, where you wanted to put him in when there were injuries at running back. So Michael Carter's not out there. Obviously, they lost Brees Hall weeks ago. Isn't Robinson the, the guy you want out there? Isn't that why you traded for him? I, I don't hate it. I love Zonovan Knight. Me and Walk liked him pre-draft, but just interesting usage and, and, and what their personnel decisions were. Uh, Knight had 15 carries to Robinson's four carries, and then more importantly, kind of in the passing game, Ty Johnson saw seven targets. So PPR, I, we both like Johnson and, and think he's a viable option, but obviously it's all going through Zonovan Knight right now. Uh, looking at wide receiver, Corey Davis back healthy. We mentioned this last week, I think. He's kind of resumed his role. Wilson and, and Davis are the, the wide receiver one and two there. Wilson saw 92% snap share, got 15 targets. Corey Davis, 81% snap share, 10 targets. Uh, Elijah Moore, 68% snap share, but wasn't heavily involved in the, the passing game. And Denzel Mims kind of had a brief blip there we became valuable but he is completely faded away again now that davis is back and more is getting on the field so kind of know what you're, you're getting here I, I i like the team better with mike white a little bit more of a gunslinger and that's good for fantasy and again i mentioned uh, this thursday night game new england patriots ramon Dray stevenson 98 percent snap share only missed one snap in the game and that went to kevin harris so all stevenson all the time Gotta love that, at least for fantasy. Wide receiver, I say it every week. This is just a, a group of blah. Good luck trusting uh, any of these guys week in and week out. They just play musical chairs and do what the Patriots do, which is play matchups. And it doesn't, you know, unfortunately doesn't lead to any single guy emerging because it depends week to week who they're going to be covered by. The AFC North East, geez, to the NFC East. So start with walks guys, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, had this game in hand pretty easily. So I don't look a ton into the snap shares. I mean, Gainwell got out there quite a bit. Boston Scott did two miles Sanders, only 10 carries for 24 and a touchdown. Luckily got in the end zone gives you, gives you those uh, six points there, but the, the wide receivers exploded here and then the game was out of hand. So the team had no, incentive to keep getting the guys the ball but aj brown eight catches for 119 two touchdowns devonta smith five receptions for 102 and a touchdown so those are the kind of numbers you can cross your fingers and hope for uh, unfortunately in a game like this too when you have jalen hurts and he did get you the the passing touchdown you want that guy to run which he you know in a game like that he doesn't have to run so he still had a good game but it could be better if he's you know get you 80 and a touchdown on the ground but I digress. Walk's team is looking really good right now. The team Walk doesn't like. Dallas Cowboys, to their credit, they're using Pollard more. Uh, 58, 43% snapshare split. Zeke leading the way. It should probably be the other way. Get Pollard 48 and Zeke. Uh, sorry, get Pollard 58 and Zeke 43. But uh, with that uh, split, got Zeke 17 carries, Pollard 12 carries. They both had three targets in the passing game. It should be skewing a little heavy Pollard, I think. I mean, not 
not only because he's been more productive and more explosive when he's been out there, which has been clear to anyone who watches it, but as Zeke ages and he's on this giant fucking contract, you're going to want the guy out there for the remainder of his contract. So take a little, take a little mileage off from where you can. I mean, if Pollard was out there and stunk, I could see why you'd lean on Zeke, but what Zeke kind of rest. Dallas has hopes of getting in the playoffs. They're going to want to lean on him. The other interesting thing about Dallas all week, you've been hearing these Odell Beckham to the, to the Cowboys rumors. And I just don't, I, I don't see why Dallas would be interested in bringing him in. I mean, the last couple times we've seen him, he's, he's all right. But I mean, looking at their pecking order right now, it's CD lamb, Noah Brown, Michael Gallup and, and Tolbert has, gotten out there a little bit more as the season's gone on has done nothing, but he's been on the field. I mean, he's not better than CD lamb. So let's say he's your number two. Is this multi injured ghost of Odell Beckham way better than Michael Gallup or Noah Brown? I would probably say he's equal to Gallup, you know, prior to Gallup's injury. At this point in his career, they're, they're pretty similar. And, and Brown has a decent rapport with Dak and has been on this team, familiar with everything for several years now. So I, I don't even see where Beckham squeezes into this team. I mean, what's he going to be? Even if he's football in football shape in two weeks, what, what's he going to be? Kind of an 11-snap an guy? He's not going to get more than five targets in his best game, right? So I, I, I don't. Just weird that that name keeps floating around, and I don't see why. Uh, then, moving down to the Giants and Washington Commanders, who had a tie this week. Uh, as Walk knows, I do love my football ties, and I missed it. I didn't even know this happened until late Monday because I was busy doing stuff uh, on Sunday during that game, so I had no clue till Monday when I was looking at box scores. I was like, oh, I missed the tie. So that would have been exciting for me. However, here we are. So we'll start with the Giants. Darius Slayton leading the way at wide receiver. Isaiah Hodgins out of nowhere. Uh, six six uh, targets, five receptions for 80 yards, 44, uh, I'm sorry, 80% snap share, 44 yards and a touchdown. So got involved. The Giants have dog shit at wide receiver. Kenny Galladay was a healthy scratch. Somebody has to emerge. I mean, Slayton's had a decent rapport with um, Daniel Jones since they both came in as rookies together. No reason Hodgins can't be the, the next guy. He was ahead of Richie James, who stinks anyway. More importantly for us here at the 40, Daniel Bellinger back and saw a 97% snap share. They don't really have to nurse him. He didn't have, you know, like a knee injury or something where come along slow. You don't want to aggravate it. He got, you know, poked in the eye and hurt his eye and his <laughs> orbital and all that stuff. So that's not something that he's going to aggravate. If he gets poked in the eye severely twice in the same season, that's just some of the worst luck ever. But he got out there, five receptions and five targets for 24. Would have liked to see a higher yardage total, but you can't complain about that usage. Pulled in all his targets. He could be the beneficiary of uh, the wide receiver room being barren. Uh, then last and certainly least, the Washington Commanders. Again, I was, I was reading some stuff before I started recording, and some people were saying, oh, it's time to drop Antonio Gibson. Robinson has taken over this backfield. And although the workload might indicate that, Gibson outsnapped Robinson this week, 49 to 47%. So as much as Robinson might be out there and getting more touches, Gibson's actually on the field more. So uh, Gibson only had nine carries, 
where Robinson had 21 carries, so he had way more carries. But this is kind of what we had been hoping for for Gibson for a while. Let him get fewer carries and get him more work in the passing game. He ended up getting uh, four targets to Robinson's two targets. Total yards for Gibson, 59. Robinson, 111. But, you know, Gibson did that on nine carries and four targets where it took 21 carries and two targets to get Robinson there. So I, I still think on a per touch basis, we, we like Gibson. I, I'm not saddened by anything I've seen there. You know, he's still productive with the work and I still think he's going to get in the end zone more than Robinson for the remainder of the season. But that's just my personal Antonio Gibson biases involved. Finally to the West AFC West kicking it off first with the chiefs. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, 47% snap share to Isaiah Pacheco's 45%. So just a hair more than him on the field. Pacheco, 14 carries to McKinnon's uh, eight carries, and they both got two targets. So not passing a ton to the backs there, which is kind of odd given their wide receiver core. And Kelsey's had a couple of down games, but Pacheco getting, getting the work and looking productive so far. It'd be interesting to see what they do with him the remainder of the year and what they do in the off season going into next year. But it would be nice to see a Pacheco emergence personally, since they got him stashed in quite a few places. Valdez Scantling led him with six targets. I, I, I can't, with this offense, you would think a guy as explosive as Valdez Scantling, he would be having a much bigger year, but those six targets, he caught two of them for 71. So he had the explosive. He's just not getting in the end zone. I mean, Juju had four targets. Uh, Christian Watson's involved. And Sky Moore, he's been over 46% uh, snap share in the last uh, three-plus games. So Sky Moore's kind of coming on. It's that nobody's expense, really. I'm looking at the the, the targets and everything, and I'm not – and I'm sorry, looking at the snap share. And no one's really losing. I mean, Watson's still getting a ton. Juju was banged up. Valdez Scantling, not really. So I think they're just getting more for – four wide sets out there or mixing and matching who the three guys out there, but sky Moore's coming on. He, he's not getting the volume yet as far as the targets and the receptions, but he's getting on the field more. So he might be worth keeping an eye on and stashing the Los Angeles chargers. Eckler and Kelly had a 60 40 split in a game where they needed Austin Eckler. I mean, they did end up losing, they do like Kelly and, and Isaiah Spiller, 0%. We saw him keep ticking up, ticking up, ticking up. Kelly came back. Spiller took a bit of a ding, but now nothing. So Kelly is obviously the preferred back. We've talked about this with Eckler before, too. You don't want to run him so much that he loses his effectiveness. He is a little smaller guy. He has been banged up. It's something he's brought up himself. So Kelly's kind of worth grabbing, if anything were to happen to Eckler. But Kelly's probably going to get a lot more of the running downs work as the season goes on and we hopefully they start targeting uh Eckler a little more than they were he had a down target week there's no reason he's not getting 10 targets a week the offense is just much better when he does that speaking of targets and stuff Keenan Allen looks finally healthy only took 13 weeks but 96 percent snap share clearly is highest of the year um so it looks like Allen is back and healthy which is good if you've had him on your bench this whole time as you've done nothing and made your team worse. Um, Vegas, similar to uh, I'd mentioned talking about the, the workload of like Minnesota, 
Vegas is very clean cut too. There's not much to even discuss here. It's all Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. It's all Devontae Adams and Mac Hollins at receiver. And at tight end, it was Waller. Waller went down. Moreau came in, taking 100% of snaps. So it's great for fantasy. You're very little humming and hawing and knowing if the guy's going to be involved for a few of these teams. And thank you to the Las Vegas Raiders for doing that. Good job uh, winning another game and ruining <laughs> now the playoffs out of the question. Excellent work ruining your shot at a better draft pick. Speaking of shitty draft picks, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Latavius Murray is the main guy here. Mike Boone was finally activated. Uh, Marlon Mack, people were excited when Denver signed him, but he only saw five total snaps in the game. Nothing to be excited about here. This entire team offense is a dumpster fire. We mentioned Sutton getting hurt. Judy was coming back. Uh, even with Sutton playing 43% snaps, Due to the injury, Judy still isn't fully healthy, and they said as much, and he only saw 38% of snaps. So if he was going to see – if he was healthy, obviously he's going to be way up there, especially when they lose Sutton. In their absence, Kendall Hinton saw 77% of snaps here, and some guy named Brandon Johnson, 47%. So, you know, I wouldn't run out and grab Brandon Johnson, who's going to be the wide receiver four on one of the NFL's – I believe – no, not even – officially the NFL's worst offense. And I think one of the worst offenses in the last 20 years. So they can't even score with their good players out there. No reason. Brandon Johnson's going to change that, but Hinton may be their wide receiver one next week. If Judy still isn't fully healthy, Sutton day to day could be a good week to play Hinton just based on reception volume and PPR. And the final division, the NFC West, uh, San Francisco 49ers. I'd mentioned Losing Garoppolo for the year. Brock Purdy comes in. Going to be interesting to see, you know, a couple weeks of him at quarterback, how they uh, move around the players and see where he kind of likes to throw, How who's going to be the beneficiary. I think the running backs are going to be the beneficiaries here. So whether that means McCaffrey as a running back or if it's uh, Mason or if Davis Price ends up uh, emerging as the, the guy that they want to lean on a little bit more to keep McCaffrey healthy, we'll see. McCaffrey, 82% snap share. Mason, 18% with those uh, workloads. McCaffrey saw 17 carries. Mason saw eight carries only. Um, and McCaffrey saw 10 targets. So 10 targets, 17 carries. Trying to get the guy the ball, you know, nearly 30 times a game now. So I will take that. Debo saw four carries and 10 targets. So he's seen a little bit of an uptick here. Ayuk had nine targets. So I, I think the big winner here might be, I mean, not that McCaffrey was ever not going to be a top option for anyone in the fantasy scape, but Debo finally helped. He seems to be getting, you know, 14 schemed touches for him. I will take it. We could probably see that tick upward now that Purdy's in there. And I said, keep an eye on kind of what shakes out in this backfield is they need to lean on that because they're not, they're not turning to Brock Purdy to win him a bunch of football games. The Seattle Seahawks mentioned the ankle injury to Kenneth Walker and didn't see much of an update there, but DJ Dallas, 48% snap share in his absence. Tony Jones, former Saint, 34% snap share because Travis Homer is also out. So if Walker were to miss game, I, I don't think uh, Homer's ready to come back yet. Based on one game, they're going to have to lean on DJ Dallas just in perfect timing because I think I cut him from all the rosters. I still had him two or three weeks ago, so... Thanks for nothing. I get to dump the rest of my fab on a guy that I had. <laughs> uh, and an interesting sighting I saw looking through their box score. Laquan Treadwell, 27% snap share. So 
Treadwell suddenly emerges as a guy who's getting on the field. They're not going to do anything. I mean, Gino's peppering the shit out of DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett, which he should because they both, I think, had uh, at least, I think, eight and nine catches respectively for each went over 120 and had a touchdown. So monster games for both of them. Got to like that for fantasy. If they didn't have the injuries at running back, this would be another team where, you know, you're, you're happily playing Gino, happily playing was at the time Kenneth Walker. All the wide receiver targets are going to two guys. The only kind of mystery here in Seattle was the kind of musical chair at tight end between Disley and Fant. And every once in a while, Parkinson pops his head up there too, frustratingly. But there's a few teams where got a couple guys there, and you know you can play them every week, which is nice. Arizona Cardinals coming off the bye. No news there. And last, and could be certainly least, the Los Angeles Rams. They've lost Allen Robbins for for the year. Cooper Cup is uh, on IR with a little injury for himself, leaving Van Jefferson 100% snap share and Ben Skoranek 97%. Tutu Atwell was their wide receiver three. He saw 47%. I saw some stuff recommending picking up Brandon Powell, who emerged this week 41% snap share, got some targets in the game. You know, similar to. These other teams that are just dumpster fires like Denver. What what do you you want to get? What John Walford's wide receiver three, wide receiver four? I mean, what? There's not a world where any of these guys emerge. Could they pop from time to time? You want to add them in best ball? Sure, go for it. But even if you pick Brandon Powell up during this bye week, hell, you're not starting that guy. It might even be Bryce Perkins the rest of the way. So the quality of targets is going down no matter who you're plugging in there. But that concludes the snaps and the breaks downs there. Hopefully you were able to sit through my rambling as I hit the 40-minute mark by myself. Walk leaves me hanging. So, Going to waivers, and I'll get you out of here kind of nice and quick. So James Cook is a big one. A lot of people are saying to add him. Could be a hot hand thing in Buffalo. It's hard to say till we get more than one week of it. But if he's out there, he's worth grabbing just because Buffalo is one of the better offenses in football. And, and looking at those snap shares, I mean, I'm sorry, looking at the targets, he got three, two to six, but it is three times more target. And he did secure them all for 41. So even if this previous game is just an indicator of him being more involved in the passing game, if he could get you six catches a week, even if he only gets 20 yards total running and receiving, I mean, you're approaching that 10-point mark week in and week out. So if he becomes the passing downs guy, at worst, he's still worth a pickup. Uh, Zonovan Knight should have been added everywhere already, but if not, grab him. Cam Akers kind of fell out of favor. People were dumping him. Uh, especially after last week, but if he's out there, grab him. I'm still probably stupidly leaning on Kyron Williams a little more than him, but we'll see uh, how that works out. Odds are I'm a dummy. I mentioned Isaiah Hoggins, Hodgins talking about the Giants. Probably worth adding just because that team is a dumpster fire there at wide receiver. There, there's just nobody else, so. You could do a lot worse than that. I'm not adding Brandon Powell, who I mentioned. Trent Sherfield, we've talked about probably going back to week two. I, I, I threw away all my post-it notes above my computer because it was just getting out of hand. As we got to week 13, I had 12 notes all over the place. But I know Sherfield was up there early, and I, I have him. I've stashed him. Now might be the time because if Waddle does miss time, he is their wide receiver too. And we've seen this offense look pretty good 
prior to this week. Um, DJ Dallas, Tony Jones, take a guess. Dallas has been there longer, more familiar with it. Jones is probably the more pure, better running back from Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken, several years ago. But Dallas is going to be the, the guy there just because he's had to have been the guy. So we'll see what happens there. Another guy to add, could you stash Jameson Williams? Uh, I don't know what his ownership is in, in redraft. That's been Walks thing. I did not – I had enough work to do, so I didn't go look at these ownership percentages. But, you know, Detroit – could use a second big playmaker. I do like DJ Chark. St. Brown has proven Walk and I wrong uh, for two years now, but Williams has that explosiveness, and and as the year goes on, they could get him in there. If he gets healthy, he, he could be a fantasy playoff league winner if he starts putting together some big plays, which this team has shown to be capable of. Uh, the other thing kind of – this is the time of year, especially in redraft, where – once these buys are done and the playoffs begin, some leagues have the playoffs starting. You know, you're going to be playing your known starters. It's not time to get cute and stash, you know, guys that you think may break out. This is the time of year to start cutting those guys from your bench and pick up known handcuffs for, for your players or other people's handcuffs to give you more options if someone else gets hurt. So some of the names I had listed there, I mentioned Jordan Mason and Davis Price for the Niners. If McCaffrey misses time, both of those guys are going to be heavily used. It's not uncommon to see McCaffrey get a little banged up. And I'm assuming his usage is, like I said, he almost got 30 touches um, this week. So going forward, he's probably going to see even more. And we've seen when he starts getting that heavy usage, he does start accumulating some little injuries and dings here and there. So they're both, to me, worth adding. Alexander Madison, if Cook goes down, that guy's a RB1. We mentioned Latavius Murray uh, talking about uh, Denver, who stinks, but they got to do something. Mike Boone could be the guy. Murray's getting all the work there. Talking about the Raiders, Josh Jacobs has had a calf thing. He was kind of iffy going into the last two weeks where he's had some good games. But if he goes down, Zamir White seems to be the recipient. I mean, Amir Abdullah has been their RB2, but, I, you know, we've talked about this for the last couple of years. Just because he's the RB2 doesn't mean he's the handcuff. Amir Abdullah has a role. If Jacobs were to miss time, Zamir White's probably the guy who comes in and takes the Jacobs role where Amir Abdullah keeps the Amir Abdullah job. Um, and mentioned it talking about the Chargers, but Joshua Kelly, snatch him. Eckler, Eckler's no stranger to getting a little banged up here and there, especially as the season draws on. So there's quite a few handcuffs for you to grab and, and get in your you know rosters on your bench just in case. The, a lot of these guys I mentioned could be a league winner in weeks you know 15, 16, 17. So uh, last and certainly not least, I would be remiss if this episode of the 40 didn't talk about tight ends quite a bit. I mentioned Chig Okonkwo taking over kind of that lead role for Tennessee because Hooper has sucked and Swaim has sucked. He's the more dynamic of all of those guys. It might not be the best blocker. Maybe that's why he didn't get on the field uh, earlier in the year. But he, he's definitely got the, the chops as a pass catcher and has looked good when they've decided to target him. He finally got out there. I could see him being important for the remainder of the way. I mentioned Bellinger. People had dropped him because they were hurt and people don't want to carry multiple tight ends. He wasn't on injured reserve, I'm not mistaken, so they didn't know when he was coming back. And another rookie we both liked, unintentionally, these are all rookies, but Kate Otten is Brady's preferred tight end. Even when Cameron Brates out there, Otten's look good. We liked him pre-draft, thought it was a good landing spot. So 
all three of those guys could be fantasy viable tight ends to close out the week. You know, tight ends a shit show. Can any of three of those can those three guys get in the end zone in any given week? Yep. And that puts them in tight end one territory week in and week out. So they're all worth grabbing. And again, I'd mentioned the uh, quarterbacks to grab kind of at the top of the show, talking about the injuries. But Tyler Huntley is going to be grabbed everywhere. Brock Purdy, of course, is going to be in play. You could do worse than grabbing Skylar Thompson. I mean, Tua has been, unfortunately, kind of banged up in injury play going back to college. So he could miss some time here going down the stretch. And then whatever you think you want to do with this Rams situation, whether it's Wolford or Bryce Perkins and play musical chairs there, offense sucks. But if you need to plug somebody in due to buys or injuries, they'll be out there. You won't get a zero. So you got that going for you. And I saw somewhere Jared Goff is still criminally underowned. I mean, Detroit does stink. They have had some stinkers, but look, as long as he keeps, you know, Swift is back, should take some of the pressure off him. That means he has time to start peppering, uh, you know, St. Brown. Shark is back. He's been explosive in, in the past here. Uh, Jameson Williams, he, he's getting more weapons, not less. So it's going to be interesting to see what golf does down the stretch, but he's definitely in play here. And he, you know, Detroit's not out of the playoff picture. There's a world where golf leads the Lions to a playoff berth, and I think they bring them back next year if that's the case. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, keeping this pretty tight here, approaching the 50-minute mark. Hopefully I didn't yap too fast and you weren't so disgusted listening to me. Uh, walk, good job on the editing. Hopefully there's not too many ums and ahs with me humming and hawing without my uh, partner here to bounce some feedback off of. But that should do it for me. I am John Debari for my missing in action co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. I am today's Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Well, Walk, hopefully that wasn't uh, too difficult to sit through. <laughs> I don't know. I just shut up. Got the wife chiming in as she's laying in bed. Now that's going to, there you go. There's your outtake. <laughs> Got the outtake at the top. I, I'm talking to myself, basically. All right. Have fun. You know where. All right. Later, sir.